0: I'd like to welcome everyone to the Pacific Institute's Kitchen Table. The intent of the Kitchen Table is to provide a platform where we are able to share and discuss the dynamic world of cognitive science and the specific role it plays in performance. I'd like to introduce our co-hosts, Greg Coughlin and Ron Medved from the Pacific Institute. They have over four decades of experience working with hundreds of organizations on applying cognitive psychology and science. Pull up a chair. Let's get started.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Kitchen Table. It's been a little bit of a time since Ron and I have been able to visit you. Uh, I was—I uh, have to admit—I've been uh, learning from Ron how to navigate through injury and—and uh, and I wouldn't say illness, but I've had a herniated disc for the last. Three months and so I've been leaning on Ron's 10 surgery experience in in your um, your life and so I apologize for being the, the slow to the race here because of that but we're back today and we wanted to talk about uh, something that has um, presented itself in front of both Ron and I but I'll maybe set it up if you're okay Ron um, Ron just celebrated uh, a week ago or so his 78th birthday. And every time I tell people that he's you're 78, they are gobsmacked by that. And, and that can't be true, and but it is true. So am I. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so you were we were having our weekly coffee and discussion that we were having, and you were expressing sort of your reflections on on that and and you you were kind of seeing a shift in your your relationship with the Pacific Institute from doing a you know significant business development to to now what and it was you kept on kind of bringing in the word retirement but not wanting to re to to use that word because it implies you know something that you know you end up and please forgive me for this comment but Sometimes you can, you know, retire and just try to fill your day. But I guess what well, we were really pondering how to be fulfilled in your day. Yeah. Um, and so uh you were discussing the word and and not wanting to use the word retirement, and I was replacing that word by renewal. And I think I was telling you about my friend Jim Hutch two decades ago when I met him, and he was 65 and he had his last day of work at a significant research entity and um, I was in his office and the, the day I was honored to be in his office, the last day of work, and we were sort of saying our goodbyes. And he got a call and he said, excuse me, Greg, just I'll take it for a second. And and he took it and I could hear him talking to the guy and the guy was saying happy retirement to him. And he says, well, no, I'm not retiring. I'm in a state of renewal. And so I really liked that idea that you, in a transition, you can be in a state of renewal and it's really not completely clear. So if we, if the listeners go back to some of our work with Bill Bridges, that transition from A to B doesn't always have a straight line. It doesn't have a direct, uh, so there's a transition position in between. So anyways, to to throw the ball to you, Ron, is that um, tell me a little bit about what you were reflecting on and and maybe just uh, could I add one of the things that we've if you've if you're an often listener to the podcast you will have had know that Ron is a serial journalist journaler I should say and in that journaling uh, he can when we were in our discussion a week or two ago on your renewal you were really going back to your journals and, and the, the 50 years of journaling and over 70 journals. And I want you to talk about what you do with that, but I wouldn't mind making color commentary to that. So Ron, 78 year old celebration in the state of reflection and renewal in a state of incubation on that and using journals. So tell us a little bit about uh, your your view on this.
2: Okay, Greg, I I, I, hopefully I can do this in a, you know, fairly condensed way. Uh, You know, I think it's significant that I did have 10 surgeries in the last five years. And so I spent a lot of time recuperating. Uh, I've spent time with my team of doctors and uh, I have a a young primary care physician. Uh, My uh, my doctor's uh, 33 years old, I think. And I was telling him that I had some apprehension about approaching 80. You know, I was approaching my 78th birthday and I'm approaching 80. And he said something to me that I think might have flipped the switch uh, that I needed. You know, he said, Ron, he said, you need to remember that your 80 is not your father's 80. Yeah. And that you know there's been so many advances in medicine uh you've you've had you've had some bad luck and you've had some surgeries that you didn't plan on, but you've paid attention to them and you've you know you've you know you've you've stayed on top of them and and stayed on top of your health and then he said to me he said uh there's no reason you know why you couldn't live to be a hundred hmm. this day and age and uh and, 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 and I, I came home from that, that doctor's appointment and I, you know, and I talked to my wife and, and, uh, and I thought about it and, and, you know, I just thought, mm, that's sort of a different viewpoint. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I really had to be sedentary this last year. Um, uh, I had a lot of pain from my last, uh, uh double knee surgery and, and, uh, and I'm coming out of that and i you know and i i actually uh you know did some experimentation with being a, a couch potato you know which is which is retirement you know in in, yeah. in sort of the it's deadliest form you yeah. know there's just too much good television these days you know with movies and streaming and all of that so so i knew that was a dead end and i you know needed to change that but the other thing that i did greg mentioning journaling uh I have uh, 85 journals 85 um, 85 uh and I'm um, working on 86 and and you know they're they're in banker's boxes sort of out in my storage and over the last uh, 6 months you know my wife has turned you know our, our storage into an art studio and I go out there and keep her company and I use that opportunity to to do a real fast skim of all my journals, you know, when I was out there. Ron, can I just interrupt for a
1: second? And I want to come back to the skimming. So that'll be our tangent marker. Is that, you you know, I think when people hear journaling, they, you know, have lots of different images and lots of different interpretations. And I think a, a dominant one was Dear Diary kind of thing. Right, right. And so for the listener, could you briefly describe sort of your your approach and and to journaling and and how you you've used it over the years
2: yeah it's uh you know it's it's uh, evolved, changed and evolved over the years but i i would say that essentially i'm not a dear diary kind of journaler i am someone who is not writing a narrative that someone could pick up and you know, immediately understand. I'm uh, I'm downloading ideas and thoughts from my subconscious, if you will, or what whatever is given to me on a daily basis, and I'm making a record of that. And sometimes, sometimes it's small print, sometimes it's large print, sometimes it's a drawing. You know, sometimes it includes color, sometimes it includes actually pictures that I might have cut out of a magazine or out of the newspaper that represent uh, an item of thought and and the for the most part those pages the narrative if there is a narrative there for me it doesn't appear until later mm-hmm. because I'm using my subconscious incubation to sort of uh s- stew on that for a yeah. while
1: so just to, for me to for clarification so you're either g- gathering all those things you've talked about or a quote or a statement and you're placing it you literally glue it into or place it into your di- into your journal and then i think this is really important if it is affirm it that you don't necessarily need to react to it you 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 you're putting it into your incubator
2: yeah and i certainly don't react to it in the moment, uh, the only reaction that I have in the moment when I'm putting something into my journal is that it is uh, legitimately, you know, top of mind with me, and not necessarily connected to any narrative yet. Now, mm-hmm. what what you disco- what you discovered me doing, you know, here recently, is that you were having me go back in my journal, and I was I was actually constructing a narrative out of these different parts and pieces, you know, that I would assembled over the last last few months. And and, and yeah. you found that to be uh, uh, interesting, uh, what I was doing there.
1: So. Yeah. Well, and I wanna, uh, we're on an, another tangent, but I wanna, it's, it's worth, it's really important that we can carry this through, is that um, um, you were, you were expressing by the skimming that you had done, sort of a um, an observation of insights that you were getting through going through your journals and and having this life record that you went back to. Is that true?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. i I'd, I'd live I've lived through these pages that I was going back through, and you know I might do I might fill up uh, two journals a year maybe three yeah. journals a year. And um, so, so yeah, I'm, you know, like right now, you know, if it, here it is, the beginning of summer. I mean, I, I can look in, in my journal right now, uh, the one that I'm working in right now, uh, and I can, you know, I can look at late winter or the journal before that. It's like uh, Christmas and then last fall. and I, And I can see what I was thinking about or I could see what I was being, yeah, you know what? What I was writing down.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, what strikes me about your process, and I, I want a little bit more clarification. But when you were skimming through, we're back on track here. When you were skimming through this 85 journals, or the ability to look at 85 journals that started 50 years ago, that were daily reflections on what you put in. Because you you typically, this is your, how your day starts, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's just the first thing I do. I mean, I don't immediately go to the journal. I mean, I, I, I actually uh, uh, get the coffee started, which is, which is important. To, uh, and, you know, get, get a cup of coffee uh, in my hands. But, you know, I, I, I do some reading from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do some sort of pr- prayer and reflection. And then I go into my journal. And I write down what's on my mind, and uh oftentimes that's residue from the night's sleep that's left over something that I've slept on. oftentimes it's a continuation of a theme that I'm working on in in my journal and you know like right now i'm I'm making notes about what's important uh if I was to sort of make some comments about becoming 80 or moving towards 80 which is going to happen in the next couple of years so yeah i've actually been getting quite a bit of traction there so my notes my notes are being recorded i'm not quite sure what i'm going to do with them but um, yeah yeah
1: well i think the luxury that you have of, of this is now reveals itself is when you skim through it or reflect on it you're getting information that becomes, and I'm just going to borrow from Lou's word of insight, you're gathering up these sort of insights, a, aha, or an insight, or a, a learning. And, and in my own journaling practice, uh, for uh, you know, intermittent periods of time, I would keep records of all insights. And I would have in my work booklet, I'd have on the back page, I'd have insights. And when I had a, an aha learning, I'd put it together. And sometimes the insights didn't really make much sense. But what I found is when I reflected back on, and you were doing the same thing in your journaling, when you reflected back on it, it was like an insight was a puzzle piece. Yeah. And the puzzle piece independently didn't create any things, but you knew that it was important because if you're a puzzler, you found a puzzle on the piece on the floor, you wouldn't throw it away. You'd keep it. Because, you know, I'm going to use it. So I was hearing you kind of picking up in your skimming insights or puzzle pieces of Ron's life that you were starting to put together that gave some clarity to it. Mm-hmm. it became, I can see a little bit, oh, that's the corner of a barn. I, I thought that was something else. Well, and I like, thought
2: it was, inter- <laughs> it was interesting for me to listen to you reflecting on me, reflecting on what I, I'm doing in my journaling. I'm going like, you know, Greg's actually coaching me or schooling me a bit on something that I do really, really intuitively. And, you know, you know yeah. hadn't really analyzed like that.
1: Well, and now coming off of the journaling process and coming back to your reflection on Renewal, you were also you know through that kind of reflecting on past thought leaders and there was one particularly one that used to uh, you know the afternoon of life so can you tell me about that a little bit
2: well um yeah carl jung is you know one of our classic uh psychological resources and you know he he wrote a book in the thirties that included a, a section called stages of life. And, and, uh, and and he used the metaphor of the morning sun and the afternoon sun, you know, as saying that life is like the arc of the sun during a day, you, ha- you have a morning of life and then you have an afternoon of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and one of the things that he, that really struck me, and I read this originally. Gosh, I want to say thirty years ago. You know, for the first time, you know, he he, and it really and it's really stuck with me. He said, um, "You should live the afternoon of your life differently than the morning of your life." You know, the morning of your life is about, you know, maturing and finding a mate probably finding a career
1: working working and
2: doing ambitious things um and and the afternoon of life you know should be focused on something else now his his point was and 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 here's coming to the sort of the the problem that i think i want to try to help solve is that he said that especially for men you know men end up taking the activities of the morning well into the afternoon and it actually harms them you know to continue to be ambitious yeah. uh and and competitive and yeah. all the things that we kind of we, we kind of associate with uh, masculinity yeah. and and um one of the one of the things that you know this is more of a modern term but there's this thing called that you see called toxic masculinity, yeah, you know, that, that, and actually the world suffers from it. And, and, you know, you, you can, you can blame our wars on a lot of it. And, you know, it's, and, and, but Carl Jung going back to sort of the, you know, the individual that if you, if you stay ambitious, and if you stay competitive beyond its rightful time in your life, you do damage to your soul.
1: Yeah,
2: and I and I in order to counterbalance that, you know, he was saying that no, you know, a man especially, you know, needs to think about his generosity, needs yeah. to think about, um, you know, the arts and culture, and he needs to think about, for lack of a better term, saving his soul, you know, yeah. because in your afternoon of life, you are sort of approaching the end of your life, and and yeah. that's your opportunity. To become transcendent, you know, yeah. about what your life has meant and what it needs to mean right now. You 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 need to be different. You know, you don't need to go out and acquire another company or acquire another cl- client or you know pound the pavement, you know, for more money uh, be, beyond a certain point because that was that was for rightfully for another part of your life
1: yeah well I'm, I'm I'm just I love the way that you said that, and particularly the sort of the, the afternoon of life and and really uh, the generosity the the arts and culture, the the shift in terms of soul searching or authenticity of who you are. And so for the listeners, this is what I was listening to Ron reflect on in in when he was skimming through his journals and i i was listening to him talk and i thought oh my god he's demonstrating self-actualization which is you know when i learned it from maslow originally i thought oh there's the game to play is i want to get ultimately to self-actualization and i was listening to you speak and i thought i think i'm witnessing this Ron demonstrating self actualizing or at least transcend a transcending. And so, what then I said to you, I think, was Ron, I think I'm watching you do this. And, you know, fortunately for Ron and I, we just had spent a fairly significant time doing a research piece on uh, Scott Berry Coffin's work on a book that's called Transcend. The new science of self-actualizing <clears throat> for those that don't know scott barry kaufman i would my interpretation of him is these the foremost authority on abraham maslow's work and you know the self-actualizing pyramid that maslow brought up but one of the things and i'll do it just a little educational piece on this is that scott barry kaufman had been studying and and extrapolating out where he thought Maslow would have gone before he passed away. He died young, I think at 61 or two or somewhere in that age. But if you remember, Maslow's hierarchy of needs was based on basic needs, psychological needs, and self fulfillment needs. And that meant sort of food, water, and safety, belonging, esteem, and self actualizing. Uh, Oddly enough, and you hear Scott Berry Kaufman kid about this, but Maslow never structured it as a uh, and pyramid, some consultant took his work and and presented it that way and it stuck. So one of the, here's the key point that I want to make is that Scott Perry Kaufman's re-metaphored the pathway to transcend. And he uses a boat with the sail analogy. And in the boat, he articulates that you do need security and so, therefore, safety, connection, and self-esteem, as articulated by Maslow, is important. But there's also a growth side, and so you can live in sort of security or, you know, retraction or live in terms of growth. And so, he started to describe the panel in the sale that projects you forward, no matter what age you are, is made up of three segments or panels within a full sale, And they're made up of exploration, love, and purpose. And when I was listening to you, now I'm off the Scott Barry Kaufman train and coming back to Ron's expressing what he was doing in in his incubation and exploration of what is he going to do when he grows up in this new state of renewal. I was listening to Ron and saying, well, geez, you know what? I hear you saying is that you're really deep into exploration. That uh
2: sorry, it looks like you No, no, I just I'm 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 listening to you and uh Yeah, I, I you know, and I would say that you know you're when you're in exploration, you know, throughout your life, uh sometimes, you know, the the course is clear and sometimes it's not clear. Yeah, You know, you spend, uh, I spend a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time, you know, not knowing exactly where I am or what I'm supposed to do, but, you know, based on what, what we practice at the Pacific Institute, your creative subconscious will eventually sort that out. And that's, that's always been true. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, and, and in and, and in that respect, these surgeries that I went through in this period of time of recuperation, you know, has actually, you know, been a positive thing. It's been a good thing because I've, I've, I've needed to slow down and, and really I learned, you know, the most important principle of all, which is taking one day at a time, yeah. you know, COVID, even COVID, you know, sort of, uh, contributes here because you could, I could only get through COVID one day at a time, yeah. uh, and 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 so that sharpened up my awareness but i was still on the exploration you know i was still i still had a purpose yeah. uh i just i just had to navigate differently you know uh lately yeah so well, anyway maybe
1: and, I, yeah, let me just bottom. yeah I, just for to a shout out to uh scott barry kaufman is it I would really encourage the listeners to pick up his book because it's terrific it's a little bit technical and a little bit detailed but uh, one of the things that when he talks about exploration it it, what you're talking about is what he has five types of exploration and one of those that is sort of post-traumatic growth exploration and that comes from Going through surgery and looking at what I learned from that, and being in my situation where bedridden for six weeks and can't move with a back issue, you get a lot of time to reflect. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and so the aid of having this as a purposeful um, methodology to look at growth from a, a traumatic perspective, but he also identifies four other ones: sort of exploration to openness to experience. That could be meeting new people, doing different things, open to different intelligences by keeping your search for learning and knowledge. Uh, You could also look at adventure seeking and go for kayaking or sky jumping or something like that. Or you could do social exploration. What he uses is sort of finding new relationships. So with that little bit of infomercial on his book, what I was now observing in you was you were really demonstrating uh, some of those five elements in your going back to your journals and exploring uh, what I can say that I want. What I really want to say is that I'll skip over love for the moment. Um, the fact that he puts it in there, I'm quite comfortable with, given that I wrote a book on love leadership. It, it, it validates, oh, I might have been on the right track, but he really also puts in purpose. And I think this is what I really enjoyed about. Listening to you reflect on your journals when we were in this conversation. And for the listeners, you know, an influence for Ron and I certainly has been Lou and Diane Tice. And particularly, Lou was um, a person that was always searching for the ability to take information and translate it into knowledge. And he always wanted to be able to take that as a teacher take something complex and make it simple so that the learner could get knowledge. And then of course, as a coach, he always wanted to see, well, can you apply it? And so could we apply that knowledge uh, for an outcome or a result? So I was totally bought into that as a purpose for me, is that the the Pacific Institute and our education uh, follows that formula But you and I and the work that we did on the Cognitive Science Committee for the last five or six years has really been in search of taking complex information and transferring it into knowledge and into application. And so my recollection of our call was us circling around and in your kind of state of renewal and my early state of renewal, looking for what could we put our feet on or or stand true to. And I felt for me, it was a eureka moment is that that idea of continuing to search to information to translate it into knowledge, not for necessarily our benefit, but, and I'm going to borrow the term from Carl Jung in a state of generosity. And so how can we do this Continue reading and research on research and strive to be able to translate it into a way that a learner could get it and whoever that community is. So for me, whoever that community is may change as you and I grow and our relationship changes with the Pacific Institute, but I am confident and comfortable. And this is where I'm hoping you are as well because you're my partner in crime is that the idea of, of continuing to look for knowledge, to continue to try to translate it into learning. And whether it's in a podcast we do it, or whether it's in a, a paper that we write, or whether it's a presentation that we do, or whether it's a book that we produce, it really now back to Kaufman's sale, it really had this exploration love and 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 uh, purpose. And for me, I kind of left that conversation with this, ah, you know, I, I feel really affirmed that I can, I can grow and develop by continuing our research and on, 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 on transforming, transforming knowledge. Let me pause for you to catch up. Sorry about that.
2: Yeah, I just, uh, just for the listener, uh, you know, Scott Berry Kaufman's book, its title is Transcend. and I'm not sure you mentioned that, Greg. Uh, So uh, the name of the book is Transcend. Uh, I, uh, yeah, y- y- you know, and actually reading him, uh, you know, he, one of the things that he stimulated in me was to actually record, you know, sort of a record of my transcendent experiences that I've had in my life. You know, I, you know, I would say, you know, I've had a couple dozen of them you know, where, where it just beautiful, transcendent, you know, surprises, uh, some of them spiritual, some of them not. Yeah. uh, You know, and, and, and uh, uh, so I'm able to recognize what sort of those peak experiences are like. That's another, that's another way to talk about transcendent experiences is peak, peak experiences. And uh, but for the moment, let me just double back on sort of the whole retirement renewal subject. You know, uh, I retired from the National Football League at age 27. You know, I actually had my first career <laughs> end, you know, at 27. And I got to experience. A significant
1: career. Uh-huh? Uh, something that was, you know, significant. And probably when you started, you thought, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is, you know,
2: well, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. I, you know, I describe it as a miracle, you know, that I played five years. That's like five, five lifetimes, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, wear and tear and emotional ups and downs and all of that. But then, you know, I found myself, even though I thought I was prepared for to leave the game and do something else, you know, again, back to, um, you know, Bill Bridges' uh, transition, I mean, I found myself in a neutral zone where everything was cloudy, everything was foggy, I didn't know where I was, I wasn't sure what I believed in, and I think everybody that sort of retires, quote unquote, you know, they go through, they, they go through a phase like that, you know, they, uh, I remember a term that was used uh, in the past, and maybe it's it's used more in death and dying these days, but there's a when you retire, there's a little death that happens Mm. a little death. And, and, and that refers to the fact that one important part of your life has died. It's, it's gone away. So, so um, you know, and uh, you know, and, and I've been sort of fascinated by renewal, you know, ever since. And so when I, and I'll just, you know, try to make short, short order of this as I approached 50 years old, you know, I felt a strong need again to sort of talk about the psychological journey of all of that, reaching, you know, that significant age. And then here I am now, uh, uh, sort of as I'm approaching 80, uh, it's definitely, a, and, the, and, and maybe not the afternoon of life, but even the sunset of life. And there's a site psych- there's a psychology to that so my all of my interest has really turned recently strongly in the direction of aging longevity you know helping ha- helping people understand yeah uh what w- what there's what they're feeling and what they're thinking
1: yeah well that's uh helpful for those contexts and i'd also appreciate that that was aided by the fact that you had this journal that you could go back and kind of check out your, your cosmic address as we use where, where was your address at, at every stage of those journals, you know, in sort of wrapping up here. um, So why do, why, why do I care about this? And why am I excited about this? And, you know, I was listening to Ron describe his reflections and his journaling And his incubation on you know sort of his life and I was witnessing uh self-actualizing clues and so Ron's life experiencing was giving me uh, a laboratory to kind of look at what's going on here and fortunately for me I don't know whether Ron would agree but fortunately I had thought leaders like Bill Bridges, or thought leaders like Scott Barry Kaufman, give me models or constructs that I could listen to what Ron was saying and say, oh, Ron is in a state of transition. He's he's not retiring, he's in a state of renewal, but he's transitioning and he's trying to find his way. And he's going back to his journals uh, to, to look at the ideas that he can incubate to get insights. And he's starting to put those things together at the same time, when I was observing what you were doing, I had the language of Scott Berry Kaufman's model as metaphor of a sale. And I said, oh, there it is. That's what he's doing. He's exploring. He's he's loving and he's on purpose. Fortunately for me, what happened following this is I got this and then I had a conversation with a, a longtime old friend of mine and he was articulating his Retirement from his role that he was playing, and what was presenting his options, and he go down a pathway, and he found out that it didn't work. And I said, "Well, this is helpful. I mean, this is beautiful." Uh, you know, I said to my friend, "Because now, let me use transition, and let me use Scott Barry Kaufman's metaphor of the sale, and see if it fits for you." And it did. One of the things that I took away from this was. It was really super helpful for, you know, Ron and I appreciate our, our, you know, friendship and our partnership because I was trying to find clarity of my purpose, given sort of the world and just the experience that I was going for. And so having the ability to dialogue and dis- and be in discourse with you on it, I feel real good that something in my future is going to have something to do with the transfer of information into knowledge, into application, that i could i could enjoy my life if once a week ron and i or another gathering of other people would get together and and go to a thought leader study them translate and and see if we can apply it so let me pause there ron i really uh, i can't tell you how much i appreciate you know you you leading i mean you're a, you're a little bit older than me but I can see, you know, I'm
2: a, I am want to grow up to be like Ron um, and Why? just
1: attitude towards, you know, the progressions.
2: I'm, uh, thank you, Greg. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful that uh, I'm able to sort of come out of the fog uh, or start to come through the other side of this transition that I've been in. Um, and, 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 uh, and when you do, I mean, and when I do, when I, in the past, but I'm, and it's happening again, there's a, there's a real, uh, certainty and assuredness, you know, about certain things, you know, as I come out and, and I'm able to recognize clues that are clues for my future, you know, mm. that, uh, yeah. that, that yeah. my reticular activating system is sort of yeah. serving up for me. That's really satisfying, you know, because, yeah it it really does, it can try your patience, you know, to yeah. be in the neutral zone, you know, yeah. when you're in a, when you're in a transition. Uh, but yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. I'm excited about these, these uh, next uh, few years. And yeah. I got to say, uh, four or five months ago, I wasn't, I wasn't all that excited. I was yeah. more apprehensive.
1: Well, and I think what I'm hearing you say that I appreciate is that You know, knowing that there's always a space between the stimulus and response, knowing that there is a transition that's always there, I think most people feel like they should just know what to do. And I think what you demonstrate is having the patience to allow it to come clear. And, you know, what I was when I said when about knowledge soon as we had that conversation that was for me was adding to okay that's part of a clue that says something in my future that's going to inspire me for a a while uh, is going to have something to do with knowledge and i got a clue uh, i got a an insight puzzle piece that is aiding me and so from the listener perspective in closing Um, I sure would you know if you have interest you know look up Bill Bridges book what's it is it called Transitions Transitions and then Scott Barry Kaufman's on Transcend Uh, I'll put links in the uh, on the podcast page for you Um, anything in closing Ron
2: I think we can talk about this some more coming at it from different directions over the weeks ahead Okay. we're just we're just Scratching the surface here in my opinion
1: if i also could encourage um, we can like on any podcast you can track not who's listening but where they're listening and listeners and so we know that people are listening but we'd sure if you had the courage to reach out we'd sure like to hear from you so uh, if you want to reach out and respond or have clarifications or questions we'd love to be able to react to them so thanks everybody be well
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast with the Pacific Institute. If you like what you heard today, click the like button. Or perhaps share this podcast with friends and family. For more information on TPI or how to get in contact with us, please visit www.tpikitchentable.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. See you next time at the kitchen table. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast with the Pacific Institute. If you like what you heard today, click the like button, or perhaps share this podcast with friends and family. For more information on TPI or how to get in contact with us, please visit www.tpikitchentable.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. See you next time at the kitchen table. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast with the Pacific Institute. If you like what you heard today, click the like button. Or perhaps share this podcast with friends and family. For more information on TPI or how to get in contact with us, please visit www.tpikitchentable.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. See you next time at the kitchen table.